Good morning, guys, and happy Friday. Good morning. Thank you guys for tuning in today. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Marie. And I'm Raina. And we have some shout outs this morning. Yes, we do. We want to give a huge shout out to Felipe Romero from Tulsa, Oklahoma, <laughs> who wrote us last Friday, actually, when our episode wasn't up <laughs> in a timely manner. And he's like, dude, upload your episode. He was very concerned about it. (laughs) Can't live like this. Unfortunately, I just saw the message. It went into our spam, but super cool guy. We chatted for a little bit and we just want to say thank you for being concerned about our punctuality that day. (laughs) Yes. And thank you for listening and downloading. And like I promised you, we're going to pop something in the mail here for you in the next week. We also want to give a shout out to Sugar Moon cookies california oh Oh my my gosh they made the cutest cookies and tagged us in them with our logo on them we're gonna share a picture to our social media you guys have to go follow them order cookies from them yes if you're in california southern california i don't know exactly where they service but check them out the cutest true crime podcast cookies we were so flattered featuring yours truly (laughs) like what is happening that was so awesome and she did such a good job and we do love it so thank you guys thank you everybody else who tunes in every week so sorry our episode was so many days late we're back on track though now we are settled in Uh, yes we have our new recording space (laughs) um all the equipment was lost and mismarked in boxes we are sorry i am sorry my movers, y'all know who you are. Should mm-hmm. all be sorry. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. I love them. Um, We're back but in action, though. We are back. It's Friday morning. We are on time, and we are so happy that you guys joined us. And as a little two for one, yes. we got two stories for you today. We do. We have two stories. This is our mashup, and we are going to start this morning off with the tragic story of two young children by the name of Larry Darnell O'Neill and John. Jocelyn Marie Johnson. So the aunt of five-year-old Larry O'Neill and seven-year-old Jocelyn Marie Johnson, they were actually siblings, she faced a Baltimore judge on August 27th of last year, and that was on suspicion of killing both her niece and nephew. Mm. Nicole Michelle Johnson has been charged with two counts, each of first-degree felony child abuse, first-degree felony child abuse resulting in death, misdemeanor neglect of a minor, misdemeanor failure to report the death of a child, and the unauthorized burial of a body as a misdemeanor according to court records. Jeez. Brutal. So Nicole had had custody of both children since 2019 when they were given up by their mother, Dashelle, who was no longer able to take care of them. She had moved to Maryland from Ohio in July 2019, leaving both of the children behind. So Dashelle had been homeless at the time, and she was living from hotel room to hotel room with different people. And she had also had a record of neglect for leaving a child in a hotel room unattended in the past. So that just makes me think like seeing how unstable she was, not really having that roof over her head. It's going to be really hard for her to care for these two super young kids if she is having a hard time caring for herself. So another reason why the children were left with Nicole was because neither father was in the picture. One of them was absent and the other was actually incarcerated around this time in 2019. 
So Dechelle said that she had actually made multiple attempts to get her children back from Nicole since the year 2019, but Nicole never responded to her until March of 2021. Two years and later. Two, right. So then the two of them had actually arranged a pickup. So Dechelle was ready. She was ready to get her children back. The time was set and the date was set. But unfortunately, Nicole was a no-show. And then after that no-show, Dechelle was actually unable to even reach Nicole after that arranged pickup they had. So Dechelle didn't hear anything until she got a call from detectives on July 28, 2001. Nicole, the kid's aunt, had been pulled over at 11 p.m. that Wednesday night for speeding and then for garnishing a fake temporary tag for her vehicle. So after asking Nicole a few questions, cops discovered that she was also driving with an unlicensed and uninsured car. It's like, oh my God, you know, but that would be the least of it. As officers on the scene prepared to tow Nicole's car, they let her know that she had the right to, you know, grab whatever she wanted and that she would have to appear in court in five days on all of these citations that they were issuing her. So Nicole's reaction to their statements were so bizarre, you guys. Yes. She had responded to the officers with, and this is a quote, it don't matter. I won't be here in five days. Y'all going to see me on the news and y'all going to see me on the news making my big debut, end quote. So the cops naturally were like, okay (laughs) like this is a strange response yeah and so they carried on with whatever they were doing as nicole then goes to the back of the vehicle to the trunk because she wanted to grab her belongings before her car you know was then hoisted onto the tow truck and taken away well when she opens the trunk of the vehicle officers are hit with the most unmistakable smell of decomposition oh So the cops stand by and, you know, they know what they're smelling and they just keep an eye on Nicole and they're watching her go through the trunk and the cops notice this clear bag and it sounds like it was a big, a big Mm -hmm. bag that was filled with maggots. Like they could see obviously through the bag, it's clear. And Nicole had pulled out of the trunk. She didn't want to leave it behind and she was, you know, in possession of this bag along with a yellow and black plastic tote like a storage bin then the officer instructs her to take the contents out of that bag but at that time nicole's now like trying to talk her way out of it saying that oh you know it's just some dirty blankets oh that's disgusting to smell that bad yeah right and the officer's like well i want to see what's inside this bag so she reaches into the bag and starts removing the old maggot infested blankets from inside until she reveals a suitcase And once that suitcase was opened, right before the officer's eyes, there was a deceased young child. Nicole does not stick around. She books off running. I mean, she obviously did not get far. She was apprehended right away. But she knew right then and there, shit, I'm busted. Yeah. I mean, she should have known she was busted before that. Before that. that. (laughs) So officers take a look in that black and yellow tote. And within it are blankets. And inside of those blankets is actually a second child in a severe state of decomposition. The coroner had stated that an exact cause of death was going to take a long time to determine on both of those bodies because of the state that they were found. Seven-year-old Jocelyn weighed only 18 pounds. 
pounds oh my God. at the time of her death. And five-year-old Larry only weighed 21, according to the court documents and the Maryland State Medical Examiner's Office. A five- so and seven-year-old, 18 and 21 pounds, add that together, double it, then yeah, maybe? Yeah, No. no. Where were these children at when they were alive? This whole time. And how did nobody see, notice, like, mm-hmm. report? 18 pounds? 18 pounds. Ugh. So Nicole had confessed to causing the death of her niece, and she actually admitted to hitting her multiple times, Mm-mm. which caused Jocelyn to fall and fatally hit her head. That was that was Nicole's story. And then she said after picking up Jocelyn up off the floor, she then proceeded to wrap her in blankets, stuff her in the suitcase, and then into the trunk of her car. And she did this in May of 2020. Dude. Nine months she had been driving around with that little girl's body in her car. That's insane. She doesn't really want to confess to having anything to do with little Larry's death, pretty much saying that he had told her he was tired um, two months prior to this while he was in the car and that he literally just laid down in the back seat and never woke up. Mm -mm. That was her story. She said the only thing out of the ordinary was that there was blood on his leg. But, you know, at that time, it didn't concern Nicole about her nephew's state. And when he didn't wake up, Nicole just wrapped his body up in blankets and put him into the plastic bin and rested him next to his sister in the trunk. There's some serious mental health issues going on there. I oh my gosh. It's so sad. Michelle Johnson, who is the kid's grandmother, Nicole and Deschelle's mother, wants both of her daughters punished to the fullest extent of the law, saying that they are both responsible for the deaths of her grandbabies. Michelle had last seen Jocelyn and Larry on Christmas of 2019, and she said at that time they appeared to be malnourished. And she had been trying to get in touch with the kids since that last interaction with them. She said that she had tried everything to have both of those kids come and live with her. She told Fox 45 News about Nicole, quote, I love her, but I want her to pay with every soul in my bones. They can put her to sleep as far as I'm concerned. They can put them both to sleep, she said. That's a powerful statement to, to say, say about, about your, your daughters. Own, yeah, about yeah. your own children. That is a grandmother that is mourning and extremely upset. Yes. Michelle attempted to seek help from CPS and the mayor. Neither agency would provide any help according to her and she said that she desperately needed it and now look, now both of the babies are gone. She said, quote, I tried to get any help I could. I was waiting for my grandbabies to come home but they never came back to me. She is just beside herself. I'm sure as any grandparent would be that lost their grandbabies. Absolutely, 100%. She has every right. There have not been any up Updates on this case as far as her trial date, more evidence that was uncovered, really nothing or the cause of death. But we're going to continue to keep a lookout and really just see what happens with this trial. And we will keep you guys posted. Yes, we will. Now we are on to our second part of our mashup today and Reyna is going to kick it off. So this is the story of Rocio Duncan. Again, another tragic case. I mean, what are we here to... <laughs> 
<laughs> what a tragic we week on the Murder Girls. So this is your dose of tragedy yes. this Friday morning. Jeez. 59-year-old Marvin Duncan had told a friend that he was going to murder his estranged wife over custody of their two daughters. Whether his friend believed this or not, on February 6th, 2013, Marvin and his ex-wife Rocio had met in the parking lot of the Imperial Beach Sheriff's Department for the handoff of the couple's two daughters, and all four of their lives would change forever. Rocio had not felt safe alone in the presence of Marvin, so naturally that is why the handoffs were now taking place at the sheriff's substation, which I think is so incredibly smart for people that are just going through bad divorces, have a safe space, especially at the sheriff's office. And it's a really busy street. I pass yes. by there all the time on the way to my friends. I think 100% it's yeah. the best decision. After a very short encounter with each of them saying their hellos, the goodbyes to the girls, Marvin then ambushes Rocio with two different knives that he had on him. He had brought them to this exchange. And this happened all in front of their children. Mm -mm. Literally in an open parking lot, Marvin just plunged these knives into Rocio's arm, her head, and her chest a total of 15 brutal times with such force you guys that one of the knives was actually found stuck inside her by first responders when they arrived marvin had continued to attack rocio until he was sure that she was gone not only taking her life but robbing his girls of their mother and then leaving her just to bleed out from her wounds in front of his children they're little so their ages were not released but they were preschool age children that and we'll get to that horrific so a male officer answers a buzzer at the sheriff's substation at approximately 3 40 p.m and at the door there was marvin he appeared calm and he was holding his two little girls in each of his arms jeez and i mean are we picturing this guy like right full of blood like and then like, he has both babies in his hand was he able to like can you imagine being the officer clean? that opens the door no i mean just i can't imagine any of it actually the officer greeted the man, which was Marvin, asking, you know, how can we help you? What's going on? And he was absolutely floored by Marvin's response. Mm. He straightforwardly admitted that he killed his wife, who was still laying in the parking lot, literally just feet away, dead. And officers, like, they just couldn't process it. They were shocked. I mean, some went rushing outside to help her while the others were inside, you know, trying to put Marvin in a room. They wanted to question him, like, what is going on before they transferred him to the San Diego Central Jail for these murder charges. But it's like... I couldn't even imagine what was going on in that substation at that moment. No. So officers rushed over and they realized that Marvin was absolutely telling the truth. Rocio, a beloved teacher from Mar Vista High School, was still alive but barely breathing, suffering from all of these stab wounds. And sources will vary. I'm not sure if she was inside of a white truck or if she was lying near a white truck, but the white truck that she was near or in was registered to Marvin. Rocio passed away just a short time later at the young age of 36. 
The children were obviously removed from Marvin immediately, and they were placed into child protective custody unharmed. Thank God. Thank the Lord. Yeah. So it was revealed not only from, you know, when Marvin had threatened or mentioned of killing Rocio, he hadn't been taking their split, and I don't know how long they were split up, but he hadn't been taking it well, and he was really upset about their relationship, like whatever state it was in. So obviously it was not an applicable split, It doesn't right? seem like I feel it. like that's safe to say. It seems as though maybe she wanted the split more than him, and then he was obviously upset about that's it. That's what I'm gathering that's from it. the very limited information. This yeah. was actually a case that was told um, to us by a friend who is semi-familiar with people surrounding the case back then. Um, but more I than just, unknown. There weren't a whole lot of details on and it. And it's more like hearsay from what we heard, right. and I just didn't want to repeat that. So we just went online, found what we could find, mm-hmm. and are going from there. So I know that you gave us a little bit more detail, but just because your memory was a little bit foggy, we just didn't want to take this story to like a whole nother level. Right. And, you know. So Marvin changed his plea to not guilty at a court appearance where he was charged with first degree murder. There was a $5 million bond set for Marvin who literally sat so stone faced while the court proceeded to kind of just go around him. They're giving him his charges and he just sat there with no emotion. It was weird. It the was YouTube very were, weird. Yeah. And then months later in July, he was sentenced to 25 years to life for the murder of his wife. The girls went on to be raised by their grandparents. The grandparents had them attend this therapeutic preschool, which I had no idea was even a thing, but it's really amazing. So it's called the Mi Escualita Therapeutic Preschool, and I hope I'm saying that right. And it offers treatment to girls back in this time, not sure if it changed, but ages three to five, who experience abuse, neglect, or domestic violence situations. That's such an amazing program that they offer. It's so cool. You guys can go online. There's multiple, and it appears that there's different schools for different um, age groups. But the one that we looked up, obviously, was the one in San Diego. And it's really, really cool. amazing. So the girls, according to interviews with the grandparents who legally then adopted them, say that the girls thrived in this school. That's amazing. Their grandfather said one of the girls, and this is a quote, I see how little by little the fear is fading. Mm. I see her real self come out. That's so sad. (laughs) It's like so touching as well that they're recovering so amazing from this situation. Fuck you, Marvin. Domestic violence calls around this time in the area were the second most common nine calls only behind burglar alarms. And dude, how many times do you get false burglar alarms? All the time. I've tripped our alarms so many times going into the office. You know what I mean? So 911's getting all these burglar alarm calls, but half of those don't even mean anything. I don't know if it's half what I'm just saying. But when you get a domestic violence call, like that's a call. That's Mm -hmm. something that you have to respond to. So I feel like if you weeded out all of those burglar alarm false calls, that domestic violence would probably be first number one number one and that's just scary that that is the world that we live in so in an effort to combat the rising domestic violence calls the chula vista police department which is right next to imperial beach which we didn't say is like right you know next to san diego they had developed the very first of its kind 24 7 domestic violence response team it was so successful that it spread throughout multiple cities in the county and i looked it up it's still active today which is awesome so there's just great 
people out there doing helping great things. Yes, helping people that are in need, exactly doing amazing things. Back to the topic of me, Esquilita. We have come to the conclusion that the staff there are literally just angels here on earth. I mean, it really takes a special person with endless love and compassion. Compassion. Right? To dedicate their lives to these children that have come to their program, not only to heal, but to end the cycle of violence. And they're there. They are there for these children. That takes a lot. Kids that have been brought up in a volatile household or have witnessed domestic violence, they kind of get overlooked and care always is not 100% administered to them. So it feels like in a sense, they might become forgotten. There's a whole article on that. There's a whole article on that. And it's so sad. It's heartbreaking. It definitely takes commitment and the time to help these preschool age kids, you guys, heal from this unimaginable trauma. Ugh, I hate it. And there are kids out there, you know, right now, and some of you may know some that aren't getting the help that they need, or they're in a situation where the domestic violence isn't even reported. And we just want to funnel all of these children into this program, mm-hmm. which is totally absurd and impossible. But well, that's just Raina and I. That's what we want to do. Just save everybody. We would <laughs> so, love to save the world. We are sending all of our love today to both of the families and everybody involved in both of these stories. We hope that you guys have all healed in the best way that you possibly could, just being affected by these tragic situations. So Raina and I are actually going to post in the show notes the link for this therapeutic school that these girls attended. I just think it's an amazing program. So if you guys want to check it out, it's very, very special and we just want to share it with you guys thank you guys so much for joining us today on those murder girls podcast we will see you back here next friday on time on track (laughs) and as always we hope you have a safe weekend go order some cookies from sugar moon california cookie company because they're amazing yes thank you guys and have a safe weekend we'll see you next week bye Bye, guys. guys